Letters 36 to 40 of Series 2 of the Letters of John Huss by Emile de Bonachose, translated by Campbell Mackenzie. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Letters 36 to 40. Letter 36. To the Faithful of Bohemia. John Huss wrote this letter in his own handwriting in his prison at Constance to console the king and kingdom of Bohemia and to warn them not to abandon the true evangelical doctrine, nor the chapel of Bethlehem, nor the faithful doctors of the gospel, notwithstanding the rage of Satan and of the world, but to live in piety and justice, each one according to his calling. I john huss in hope servant of god desire that the believers in bohemia who love the lord may live and die in grace and at last obtain eternal life you who are high in dignity you who are rich and you who are poor you all who are the faithful and well-beloved disciples of the lord i conjure you all to obey god to glorify his word, and to elevate yourselves by listening to his precepts. I conjure you to cling to the divine word, which I have preached according to the law and after the testimony of the saints. I conjure you, if any amongst you, either in public meetings or in private conversations, have heard any words from me or read any writings of mine contrary to God's truth, not to attach yourselves to such, although my conscience does not reproach me for having said or written anything of the nature to which I refer. I conjure you besides, if any one has remarked anything trifling, either in my discourses or my writings, not to imitate me in that, but to pray to God that he may pardon my frivolity. I conjure you to love priests of good morals, and to honor, in preference, those who exert themselves in diffusing the word of God. I conjure you to beware of deceitful men, especially impious priests, of whom the Lord has said they are outwardly dressed in sheep's clothing, while within they are ravening wolves. I conjure the powerful to treat their poor servants with kindness and to command them with justice. I conjure citizens to keep a good conscience in their profession, artisans to apply themselves carefully to their callings and to keep before their eyes the fear of God, and domestics faithfully to serve their masters. I conjure the masters of arts to live honestly to instruct their pupils faithfully. First of all, teaching them to fear God. Afterwards, exerting themselves for the glory of God, the good of their country, and their own salvation, and not to attach themselves strongly to mere rules of propriety, whether for the sake of riches or for worldly honors. I conjure the pupils of the public school and all scholars to obey their masters in all lawful things and to labor with the greatest zeal in order to advance one day the kingdom of God, their own salvation, and that of other men. I conjure you all to bestow your thanks 
on the generous noblemen, Wenceslas Duba, John of Klum, Henry Plumlovic, Willem Zage, Nicholas, and the other Bohemian, Moravian, and Polish seigneurs, who, as zealous defenders of God's truth, opposed this council with all their power, endeavoring to obtain my deliverance. In particular, I mentioned Wenceslas Duba and John of Klum. Believe all they may report to you, for they were present at the council on the days when I replied. They knew what Bohemians have risen against me. They are acquainted with the unworthy deeds which were imputed to me by them. They are aware how the whole assembly vociferated against me whilst I was answering all the questions that were asked. I conjure you to pray for the king of the Romans, and for your own, and for the queen, in order that the God of mercy may dwell with them and with you now and forever. I write you this letter in my prison, and with my fettered hand, expecting after tomorrow my sentence of death, and having an entire confidence in God that he will not forsake me that he will not suffer me to renounce his word or abjure errors wickedly ascribed to me by false witnesses. When we shall meet again in a happy eternity, you will know with what clemency the Lord deigns to assist me in my cruel trials. I know nothing concerning Jerome, my faithful friend, unless that he is detained in a wretched prison, waiting, like myself, for death, on account of that faith which he so courageously spread through Bohemia. But the Bohemians, our most cruel adversaries, have delivered us to the power of other enemies and to their chains. Pray to God for them. I conjure you, inhabitants of Prague, above all, to love my chapel of Bethlehem and to have the word of God preached there, should God permit it. The fury of Satan is stirred up against that place. Seeing that the power of darkness was weakened in it, he has excited the parochial clergy against the temple. I hope God will protect it, and that his word will be preached there with more success by others than me, a weak and infirm man. Lastly, I conjure you to love one another, to shut out no one from the path of divine truth, and to watch that the upright be not oppressed by violence. Amen. Written on the night of the Monday before St. Vitus, and sent by a good and faithful German. Letter 37. Not addressed to anybody. The authentic profession of faith in which John Huss declares, with the assistance of our Lord Jesus Christ, that he will not abjure the truth which he has acknowledged, unless further enlightened by the Scriptures. My last and firm determination is that I refuse to confess as erroneous the articles which have been truly extracted from my works, and that I refuse to abjure those which have been attributed to me by false witnesses. For to abjure implies that one has held erroneous opinions. It is, in fact, to reject them, 
and adopt others of a contrary tendency. God knows that I have never taught these errors imputed to me by those who have retrenched from my works many truths and falsified them. Were I aware that, in the articles I confessed to, there was one contrary to the truth, I would correct it, and most heartily strike it out. Nay, I would teach and preach the contrary. But although some parts may be considered scandalous and erroneous by those who are displeased with such doctrines, yet I do not believe that there is a single passage which is opposed to the law of Christ or to the words of his holy apostles. I detest and condemn all false interpretation imputed to my articles against my intention, submitting myself to the correction of our divine master, and confiding in his infinite mercy that he himself may deign to wash me clean from such sins as I am ignorant of. I return thanks to all the Bohemian barons, and especially to King Wenceslas and to the Queen, my gracious sovereign, that they have loved me, have acted piously toward me, and have worked ardently to procure my deliverance. I render thanks also to the Emperor Sigismund for his good intentions in my favor. I render thanks to all those nobles of Bohemia and Poland who have shown themselves firm in defending the truth and in endeavoring to break my chains. I desire the salvation of all, here below in grace and afterwards in a glorious eternity. May the God of all goodness bring you back into Bohemia with perfect health of body and soul that, serving in this world, Christ our Sovereign, you may attain eternal life. You will salute for me all my friends, to whom I cannot write. If I saluted by name some and not others, I should appear to accept some persons, and those to whom I did not write would think I did not keep them in remembrance, or did not love them as I ought to do. Written in prison and in chains the sixth day before the festival of St. John the Baptist. John Huss, in hope, servant of Christ. Letter 38 To His Disciple, Master Martin Master Martin, my dear disciple, my well-beloved brother in Christ, live according to the law of Christ. Be zealous in the preaching of God's word. I conjure you in the name of the Lord not to seek rich clothing like unto that which I was fond of, alas, and which I wore, neglecting to show an example of humility to the people whom I instructed. Attach thy soul to the reading of the Bible, and especially that of the New Testament, and in obscure passages have recourse to commentators as much as is in thy power to do so. Dread the intercourse of women, and be circumspect when thou listenest to them at confession, lest thou shouldst be caught in the snares of unlawful desires. For I hope thou hast guarded all thy purity, and that thou belongst wholly to God. Be not afraid of dying, 
if thou wouldst wish to live with Christ, for he hath said himself, Fear not those who destroy the body, but cannot kill the soul. If they should ask thee concerning thy adherence to my doctrines, answer, I believe my master has been a good Christian in what he has taught and written. I have neither read all nor understood all. I speak as I think. I hope that the mercy of God, with the aid of his well-disposed people, will enable us to live in grace, although Pallets labors with his associates to get all my adherents condemned. But know that the Lord lives, who can in his grace preserve you, and can confound and destroy all the enemies of his word. I recommend to thee, my very dear brethren, act towards them as thou knowest is right thou wilt salute peter and his wife and family and all those who belong to the church of bethlehem catherine that holy girl and the cure guzikon maurice hotzer and all the friends of the truth gisconier the Seigneur gregory all the masters yesenitz cuba the two simons and Nicholas Howlicon. Let all those who possess or shall possess my books be prudent. Thou wilt also salute all my well-beloved brothers in Christ, the doctors, the writers, the shoemakers, the tailors, in recommending them to be zealous for the laws of Christ, to advance humbly in wisdom, and not to make use of their own commentaries, but to have recourse to those of the saints. Thou wilt tell Henry Liffel to give to Jacob the writer the piece of money which was promised him. Salute Matthew, formerly my disciple at Bethlehem, and especially Master Matthew Chudy, and the faithful John Vitalis, that they may pray for me a sinner. Incline my brother's sons to exercise some worldly calling, for I should be afraid, if they took upon them a spiritual charge, that they might not fill it as they should do. Satisfy as well as thou canst those to whom I owe something, should they wish, nevertheless, to forget those debts for the love of the Lord, the Lord will bestow on them much greater riches. Keep in mind all the good thou hast heard from my lips." And if thou hast discovered in me anything which was not according to propriety, detest it, and pray to God that he may deign to pardon me. Mediate without ceasing on what thou art, on what thou hast been, and what thou mayest become. Deplore the past, amend the present, dread the future, that is, sin, May the God of grace console thee, as well as all our above-mentioned brethren, that he may conduct you with all the others to his glory, in which I firmly hope, of his mercy, all will rejoice before thirty years have passed over. Adieu, my well-beloved brother, dwell always with Christ Jesus, thou and all those who love the name of our Lord. Written in prison, the Sunday after St. Vitus. John Huss, in hope, servant of God. Letter 39. 
to the Lord Haulakon. Huss invites him not to oppose administering the blood of Jesus Christ to laymen under the form of wine. As a preacher of the word of Christ, my very dear brother, do not oppose the administering of the cup, it being a sacrament instituted by Jesus Christ and his apostles. No text of scripture is opposed to it, but only custom, and I think that this was established only through negligence and forgetfulness. But it is not custom which we should follow, but the example of Christ. The council, alleging custom as a motive, has declared the communion of the cup by laymen to be an error, and has ordained that whosoever should practice it shall be punished as a heretic, if he did not amend this practice. Already, then, has the malice of men condemned as an error and institution of Christ. I conjure you by the love of God not to attack Master Jacobel, that there may not be any division amongst the faithful, and that Satan may not find a new subject for joy. Prepare yourself as quickly as possible, my dear brother, to suffer for the communion of the cup. Lay aside all fears which is unworthy of you, and remain firm in the truth of the Christ, exhorting the other brethren by the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. I think that they will give you, in support of the communion of the cup, what I have written at Constance. Salute the faithful in Christ. Written in irons on the eve of the day of the ten thousand. Letter 40. To some friends. Great victory over the gates of hell, and over those who, with unexampled cunning, and under specious pretext, solicited John Huss to abjure the truth of the Lord. A multitude of people have come to exhort me, and against them many doctors, but few brethren, as the apostle has said, they were prodigal in their counsels and phrases. They told me that I could and I ought to abjure my scruples in submitting my will to the Holy Church, which the council represents. But not one of them can avoid the difficulty when I place him in my situation and ask him if, being certain of having never preached or defended or entertained heresy, he could, in safe conscience, formally confess that he abjured an error which he never supported. Some of them stated that it was not necessary to abjure, but mainly to renounce the heresy held or not held. Others maintain that to abjure signifies to deny what is attested rightly or erroneously. I would willingly swear, I replied to them, that I have never preached, held, or defended the errors which are imputed to me, and that I will never preach, hold, or defend them. And when I spoke thus, they immediately retired. Others insist that, supposing a man really innocent were found in the church, and this man, through humility, confess himself guilty, he would be well-deserving. Thereupon someone cited amongst the ancient fathers a certain saint in whose bed had been covertly put a prohibited book, 
inculpated and examined on this subject, the saint denied the fault. But his enemies answered, Thou hast concealed the book and put it in thy bed. And this book, having been found there, the saint confessed himself culpable. Some supported this opinion by the example of a certain holy woman who lived in a monastery in the disguise of a man. She was accused of being the father of a child. She confessed it and kept the child. Her innocence was afterwards discovered with her sex. Many other means were also proposed to me. An Englishman addressed me thus. Were I in your place, I would abjure. For in England all the masters and all men held in consideration, who were suspected of adhering to the opinions of Wycliffe, have been severally cited before the archbishop and have abjured. Lastly, yesterday they were all agreed in engaging me to place myself at the mercy of the council. Pallets came at my entreaty, for I desired to confess to him. I asked the commissioners and those who exhorted me to give me for confessor either him or another. And I said, Pallets is my principal adversary. I wish to confess to him. Or at least give me in his stead a man qualified to hear me. I conjure you to do so in the name of the Lord. This last desire was accorded. I confessed to a monk who piously and most patiently listened to me. He gave me absolution and counseled me, but did not enjoin me to follow the advice of others. Pallets came. He wept with me when I besought him to pardon me for having uttered before him some offensive words, and especially for having called him a forger of writings. And, as I reminded him that, in a public audience, when he heard me deny the article cited by the witnesses, he rose up and cried, This man does not believe in God. He denied it, but truly he said it, and perhaps you heard him do so. I reminded him in what manner he said to me in prison, in the presence of the commissioners. Since the birth of Christ, no heretic has written more dangerously than Wycliffe and thou. He also insisted that all those who have read my sermons are infected with the error concerning the sacrament of the altar. He has now denied it, adding, I do not say all, but a great number. And yet it is certain that he said it. And when I took him up by saying, Oh, Master Pallets, how much you wrong me in accusing my auditory of heresy. He did not reply anything, and he exhorted me, like the others, always repeating that through me and mine much harm has been done. He told me also that he possessed a letter addressed to the Bohemians, in which was written that, at the chateau, I sang some verses on my captivity. In the name of heaven, take great care of my letters. Do not let them be carried to any clerical person, and let our seigneurs only trust some layman. Inform me whether they accompany the emperor. Jesus Christ, by his grace, preserves me immovable. 
in my first resolution. John Huss, in hope, servant of God. End of letter 40. End of letters 36 to 40 of series 2 of The Letters of John Huss by Emile de Bonachos. Translated by Campbell Mackenzie.